You may find this hard to believe, but 60 songs that explain the 90s, America's favorite poorly named music podcast is back with 30 more songs than 120 songs total. I am your host, Rob Harvilla, here to bring you more shrewd musical analysis, poignant nostalgic reveries, crude personal anecdotes, and rad special guests all with even less restraint than usual. Join us once more on 60 Saws that Explain the 90s every Wednesday on Spotify. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older. 18 and older in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Indeed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash RingerMBA. Just go to Indeed.com slash RingerMBA right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Barrier and joining me with some professional ass headsets on, Kyle Man, Big Wads. What's up, guys? I'm good, man. I'm happy to be here. What about you, Kyle? You good? I'm feeling good, man. I Wonderful. get I get a little extra boost from meaningless basketball. I don't know. There's something about <laughs> it that just gets me. It just gets me feeling light and breezy. We're in Vegas, you know. It's schmaltzy. Maybe I'll be a little schmaltzy. I don't know. I'm feeling good though. But the audience Love can't it. see theirs. There's a little jig. I was Kyle shoulder shrugging, <laughs> you know. Not he's that getting, anyone wants to see me dance. It, yeah. Yeah. So, Waz, how many podcasts have we recorded sitting in the same clothes from our apartments? And now we are in <laughs> this gorgeous studio <laughs> yeah. on the concourse of Thomas and Mack Center right after the debut of Victor Webanyama. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. The NBA has completely blown out this event. Um, just looking at Media Row, honestly, I can remember coming to Sub League as, like, early as four years ago where even on a night like tonight that thing would be half empty that mm. thing was full to the brim the lower bowl had absolutely no seats and that was for the scoop game even before um the Wimbenyama uh brandon miller game so just to see all the enthusiasm and how crazy people are going for this uh it's it's nuts honestly 
Yeah, I mean, you and I were talking about over the sort of, I, I feel like Summer League, I was joking with Tate about if you go back and watch like Kevin Durant's oh Summer League hi highlights, yeah. it looked like he was in like a single A high school yeah. gym yeah. and they're wearing like practice pennies that yep. are like mesh, you know, and then you kind of chart the progression of it. I, I think you can sort of see a ripple effect that goes beyond Summer League that I've said that even goes to like EYBL, which continues to go like, like you know, Summer League is, is featured on the app. You know, it's packed. You couldn't even walk through the concourse. Like, it's so Guys, packed. the event was sold out tonight. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing crazy. that happened. The resale tickets going for in the hundreds. <laughs> Dude, so... <laughs> I actually want to ask you guys this. Though. Yes. Are you surprised? I'm going to ask Waz this. Yes. Because you've been a bit of a, a Wemby skeptic? Of course. Yeah. <laughs> It's, that's healthy, though. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna furrow my brow. That, okay. Yeah, I, okay. I think that's good science. We, yeah. need, we need. We need. We need But yes. I didn't realize he would draw this sort of crowd and have this sort of celebrity. I knew he would be billed as this great prospect, but he seems to have the hype of not even a Zion, but even like maybe a LeBron. Yeah. No. It does. It does really feel like that because the way that people were waiting with bated breath for him to make one shot or even take a shot, it's pretty crazy. But I think that's indicative of the team he surrounded himself with. Obviously, you can never discount Nike's um, impact on the hype machine and this kind of thing. And so, yeah, people are excited about this guy. He's gotten a ton of media coverage and coverage that isn't just, oh, wow, there's going to be a great player from France coming to the NBA. Like, no, this is the best sports prospect since Jesse Owens, right? <laughs> and so people are excited about it. Yeah, they are. I, I we were talking about where this fits in like the hierarchy of like electric summer league moments. You know, I wasn't in the building for the earthquake game, the Zion game. I was there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've heard people say that watching it on TV. You could kind of pick it up on that. Lonzo took it to another level, yeah. that class Lonzo's electricity. Yes. The fact that the fact that he was playing for the Lakers, obviously yeah. big difference there. Uh, but Wimmy, when he came into the arena, I felt a little something. I mean, yeah, I, like, that's I, like, amazing. You could feel, uh, yeah. it just felt like a, the gravity, the, the energy, the yeah. spirit was moving wise. So <laughs> yeah. I'm saying, it's just kind of like that church service where you're like, yeah, we're, we're rolling here. Like, uh, but the game, <laughs> yeah. you know, it which, wasn't quite the same thing as the, yes. the, the Metro Ignite scrimmage from October, which sure. was balls to the wall insane. This one didn't quite live up to that. Yeah. But. Yeah, I think I'm glad you guys mentioned Lonzo because I think that's sort of the line of demarcation for the modern summer league because that Lonzo game was in the Cox gym, Cox mm. Pavilion. <laughs> and, and I think that's the moment when the people who run summer league were like, okay, this is much bigger than it used to be. And so, yeah, now that would never happen these days. But yeah, the game was, was the game. It's a summer league game. The guys who he's playing with, these aren't seasoned professionals, right? Like most of these guys are probably going to end up in Turkey or Uzbekistan next year. And now, no celebration to those leagues. Turkish league. Right? Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no uh, hate I want to note that the, the Turks kicked the crap out of us in U19 the other day, so we can't make fun of the Turks. No, we won't make <laughs> fun of you know the Turks. <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> right, I was super locked into I that. I knew you were all over um, that. <laughs> no, but, but I think that the, the playing atmosphere of Summer League is always going to be a lot of very disjointed especially for guys who aren't guards or wings. So you can't expect Wemby to come out there and just be getting these beautiful pat pocket passes on his pick and rolls or his pick and pops. Like, it, it, this is what it's like in summer league for bigs. So I don't think anybody should have been very surprised that he didn't come out and just dominate and play like Kareem today. He wasn't going to go down there and just like, 
steal. You know, he wasn't going to bully baskets because he just doesn't play that right. way. That's and not I, his game. Coming into that game, you were looking at that matchup of Brandon Miller and Wimby, and, and it was like, these are both pretty skinny. You know, they both do similar things. Just one is a lot taller than the other. It's just so... It's twice of a human. Yeah. We went into that game, and I was I told a friend I was sitting with, I was like, well, I know Brandon Miller is going to try to go off, whether or not he does. Yeah. I, you know, so it was going to be just sort of a feast or fame and jump shot kind of a thing. And, you know, Wimby had some moments where his defensive presence, I thought, was solid. Mm-hmm. He did get yammed on one good time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Brandon Miller did make him fall with a crossover. Yeah. But, but he also blocked Miller's shot sure. at the three-point line, which yeah. is what he could be doing a lot uh, in the NBA. Nine points, eight rebounds, five blocks, two assists, two turnovers, two for 13 from the floor, one from six from three-point line. I think the thing that struck me the most was I was looking to see how much of his off-the-dribble game would translate to the NBA, but specifically how much they would let him mm-hmm. play like that. And it seemed like if they're going to play, go through Wemby, they're going to let him be Wemby. And Kyle, do you think that sort of style of play is what he is going to have to do to succeed in the NBA? Or is he going to have to learn how to be a, a like a traditional a big man first big. and then do that stuff on the side? Situational. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's going to live with the ball in his hands full time. I think he's going to have little compartments of his game like every great player. I, I, I personally think we're going to see the pick and pop stuff. Yeah. He didn't shoot it well tonight. I think he's going to be a decent rim roller. I, I think eventually the best thing for him might end up being a, like a slot operator like KD, except, you know, where, where he doesn't have to go. Because there were a couple different times where there were, you know, Charlotte, which is not a good defensive team, not a good, not a good basketball team, even by summer league standards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, they were <laughs> like, watch it. Mitch Kupchak's probably like walking were, right behind us. Yeah, my like my eyes were bleeding. I kept dabbing them during the game. Um, <laughs> and but I kept a handkerchief just for that for the Hornets games. But no, I think eventually the thing that'll make sense for me is that like let him operate in that Dirk. KD area because he's so big and I, I really do think the passing is going to come along. He can pass over the top of those lanes and I think that's going to be a good, that's going to be a great I don't know, what do you all think is going to be the main so, operating area I, for I him? I don't to, know. To me, he's going to be more of an AD finishing type, right? Be a devastating screener and his role game is going to be tough because guess what? When you try to switch a guy on a Wembenyama pick and roll, and it's a six-two guy. That's not like that's not gonna work for you when they set, throw that lob pass up. That's foul after foul, and I think he's gonna eventually develop a nice catch and shoot, pick and pop thing. I don't know that I think he's ever gonna be some on-ball demon. I don't see that for him. Draymond definitely does not see that. I, yeah, I saw that clip. <laughs> Draymond was like, "I'm gonna get into that guy." Dudes gonna... are gonna get under him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and, right. and again, but I don't think he needs to become some incredible one-on-one low post beast or one-on-one face-up uh, killer to, to do that. I don't think he needs to eat that way primarily to become a great player because, as you said, he's probably going to become a definitional, generational defensive player. Mm-hmm. So if he can become a, a very high-end offensive big and be that level on defense, this is... Hall of Fame stuff. Yeah. This is like, you know, so I, I wouldn't be too bad about that. But I will say this for last, because I was talking to some some of my friends who are like, they're not casual NBA fans. These are guys that like have league pass or watching it every single night. And these guys are like, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna drop like 15, 16 a game next year. I'm like, guys, this is the NBA. Like that's not going to happen. Not on the Spurs. I think on a different type of team that would just allow him to come out and play Wemby ball. He might be able to do that on inefficiency, but I don't think the Spurs are going to ask him to start playing and developing terrible habits just so he could score. 
yeah. you know? Yeah, he's probably going to walk into maybe the blocks record next year by yeah. simply parking himself in front of the hoop. What I thought was interesting, though, is it seemed like a lot of what he had success with in this game was him dribbling into a post-up, and he was phys physical enough that he can create some space for himself and then finish with his giant go-go gadget arms. Mm -hmm. Is that possible against an NBA defender like like a Draymond or someone who's stout enough that's able to, like at the very least, know the angles going into that? Or is that summer league mirage? I think it's funny you mentioned AD because I think a lot about, you know, I got a, we, we had unique looks at AD early in his career. You know, mm -hmm. I got to see him in Kentucky up close, very invested in everything that happened with him. <laughs> you got to see him in New Orleans. There was a little bit of like, just the bag of bones just kind of like coming at you constantly not not just not relenting at all like playing through the contact in a way chet has some of that too wimby displays and i've said this in different places but like he displays that physicality where he can take a hit and still finish with touch whereas like he doesn't he doesn't like wilt and fall back like i just and i think early on in his career we're going to see a lot of that i mean we're going to see it's going to be it's going to be like baby, baby horse, kind of like, you know, what a baby deer. Like he's going to be, he's going to be awkward. 15 to 16. Was that their optimistic projection or was that? Optimist. Yeah. They, they were just like, he's going to fall into 16 points a game in the NBA. This is what people think about Wemby that like against NBA <laughs> half court offenses, he's just going to easily and efficiently drop 16 points a game. Well, I, I mean, I if he, if he shoots as many threes as he probably will, yeah. he'll probably get 15 game, a game from that. I'm skeptical. <laughs> okay. Well, it's funny because Baby Deer was what uh, Kenny Payne, I believe, called young Anthony Davis at go. Kentucky. So. Subconsciously got that one there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I don't know. I mean, early on, I don't, I don't know. He's going to have some moments where he's going to fall and we, we think he's dead. There's going to be yeah. like, there's going to be stuff like that. Sure. Uh, but I think the thing that I think is valid, valid concern is tonight as a microcosm of, of the conversation going forward, which is like, if he's just going to be that, if he's just going to be somebody that looks like a shooter, is a hypothetical shooter, right. and he's inefficient, it's like, I don't know, is, is he, is it at that point, is he like at peak form, like a Porzingis type, who also is just a higher level defender on the other end? That's still an amazing player. Yeah. If you think about like defensive anchors who are also often offensive primary options, flat out, bar none, there just aren't many of those guys. Like, historically, there just aren't. Yeah, and again, we got to keep this in perspective. The guy's 19 years old. Um, by the time he's 24, 25, we're going to be talking about a completely transformed player on both offense and defense, to be quite honest. I think he'll be a lot stronger. Because you mentioned AD. Like, AD is somebody who now plays with a lot of physicality and is actually strong when you see him horsing guys big shoulders big shoulders when you see him horsing guys on the offensive rebounds um against certain matchups these are things ad was not doing very early on in his career he plays very physically now and i think Wembenyama could do that but at seven five right um and that's a hard thing to stop it'll be an interesting case study for how teams approach building up a modern big Right, because AD famously was sent into the post with John Calipari, which he did to Biggs all the time, and he was often derided for that. Calipari was because right. then Cat and AD eventually just became explored the wonders guys. of their body, and yeah. they became all these like versatile Bigs. Right, uh, it, it seems like we're past that. But how much does Wemby need that as a foundation before he goes on and does this other stuff, or couldn't he do the other stuff and then build that other stuff from behind? What Kyle thinks? <laughs> uh, I mean. In terms of like a back to the basket game, I mean, I could see him. you see baby hooks. I, I guess it's a matter of him just rim pressure, flat out rim pressure. Like, how often is he going to be able to just 
take like Euro to the like I just I wonder about his center of gravity in that situation. In that situation, you wonder if he ends up being like a Porzingis again, like somebody who just is playing with his back to the basket. He can shoot over people. Maybe if he gets a step on somebody, he goes all the way to the rim. But I just don't expect him to be like constantly living around it's, the basket. A because not many players do that today. Period. Uh, it's like Jokic and Bead. Right, and that's why I'm less concerned about a quote unquote post game or bag. Can you force smaller guys, much smaller guys, to foul you when you're down there? To me, if he can draw fouls against smaller bodies when they try to switch a 6'6", 6'7", rangy guy onto him, if he can make them pay where it's like, I'm close enough and I'm so easily able to get off a touch shot over you that you have to foul me to stop it, that's enough. I don't expect him to be Jokic and Embiid. He doesn't need to do that in today's game. He can play with talented enough, you know, ball handling guys that'll get him the ball in good positions. To me, it's the poor Zingas. Poor Zingas comes up a lot for me because of what happened in Dallas and why they traded him was that at certain points, Patrick Beverly was able to guard him on key possessions and key switches in the playoffs, right? He wasn't a guy that could draw two, and he wasn't a guy that could punish a smaller guy. And so if your second guy can't even do that, Luca sets you up beautifully six feet from the basket with Pat Bev on you, and you don't finish you draw a foul, that becomes problematic. I think he's going to be able to past that poor Zingas threshold. And even when you hear about people who are optimistic about uh, poor Zingas in Boston next year, they cite his numbers um, drawing foul close to the basket this year. Those advanced metrics to say, well, actually, he was killing switches this year, right? Um, and so I think to me, that's going to be the ultimate indicator, more so than being some dream shake machine. Like, yeah. come on. I feel like the more we're going on here, we're using our hands more on the desk, just really exploring the space of Just course. like our friend Webanyama. <laughs> so Brandon Miller also played in this game. I don't know if you guys caught that. Uh, this was one my versus boy. two. Did, yeah. My boy. Um, Is that your guy? That's my guy. Okay. Because okay. he's the only guy that I watched. <laughs> 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 so a lot of fouls in his previous summer league experience. That's all I took away from it. And this one, Kyle, what do you think about Miller? What do you think about him just overall stepping into a pretty interesting situation in Charlotte? Uh, it set itself up. I mean, I, I was a believer. I kind of had him. I'd scoot, scoot moved just ahead of him at the very end there for me. I, they were pretty interchangeable for me. I just watched a video yesterday, by the way. Beautifully done. <laughs> I was, just, well, I was going to wait before I said that. He said he watched it. I was like... He stared right into your eyes when and, he said that, too. That was beautiful. Uh, thank you, Was. I appreciate no it. Uh, no, I mean... Uh, I still, I have a lot of confidence in him as like a, I'm, the big thing for him is that, you know, he's 6'9", he could fluidly handle the ball, and he has a really fluid dribble to shoot, yeah. dribble to pass motion. And the guys that can do that at his age in the world at that level, there just aren't that many of them. So I think you automatically have, and I think it's going to translate. Uh, he's on a team. I still don't know about Charlotte taking him that fit there. I'm sure Portland, Portland is rejoicing and really elated that they did take him there. Um, He's, he's a guy that eventually, the, the, the question for him was the rim pressure. Like, it's similar to Wimby. Like, is it, can he get to the basket? But the difference is between him and a guy like Jabari Smith is that he can really handle the ball. He's way ahead of him as a ball handler. Can get really, his bend with his dribble is really low to the ground. And he has a lot of passing upside. Uh, the thing is, like, tonight, it was going to be ugly just because this Hornets team, like I said, is just it's, so it's weirdly league, put yeah. together and... I think it's going to look better with with better athletes and more structure around him. Because going wild, it's just going to lend itself to being ugly if he's not hitting shots. Because he's not a guy who gets to the rim constantly. What's funny about that, though, is most of Charlotte's summer league team is 
is 13. Well, <laughs> that's, that's the unfortunate part of a team that's built through the draft here. But yeah, 16 and, and 11 were the numbers. I should probably stop even reading the numbers because they're they're useless. But. Yeah, I mean, to me, watching it, everything that Cal said, I agree with, especially the handle part. He has some wiggle, some shake and presence with the ball in his hand. At this, at his size, that's incredible. And he looks so comfortable, so fluid, just dribbling into his pull-up, which, I, look, if this guy's going to become a pull-up assassin, all bets are off. But, I, like, if he can become a catch-and-shoot, 37, 38, 39% on catch-and-shoots, that's an incredible player um, for his size. And, again, you guys mentioned already what he's able to do with the pass is just crazy. I just love his ball skills at his size, his feel for the game. And I know I've been dissing Jabari Smith for like a year now, but again, it's Jabari Smith with feel, honestly. Yeah. This summer league is the on-ball lab. That's what I would say. Mm. So if it's good, don't overreact. If it's bad, don't overreact. That's the thing. Some of these guys here are just getting empty reps. Yeah. Commend them for doing it. If it looks bad, say, okay, keep, we'll keep that in mind, but don't write them off. So, it's like, I feel like that's the thing with Miller. But, like, with the Hornets, he's going to be, he's going to work in, like, a, a catch, maybe flow into another action, maybe catch and shoot, maybe catch and attack. Like, he's not going to be all eyes on Miller all the time. He's going to be playing with another incredible passer, which I think will play to his we'll, strengths. Will help be, a lot. Yeah. The, he won't be going against set defenses constantly. He's going to be kind of going when things are in the flow and, yeah, there was work one then. particular play that I loved. Wemby was guarding him out at the three-point line. He calls for a screen. He's like, you know what? They just switched this. I'd rather attack this guy. He attacked him and got fouled. I'm like, that's, that's NBA basketball right there. You know? And so this is exciting to see this guy um, his first time in, on this stage and able to display his feel. And even at this early stage, his understanding of the game. So I know you said don't get overexcited about on-ball performance at Summer League. Can what's, I please what's coming please next? get excited about Scoot Henderson yes, on the ball? Immediately seemed like he belonged here. Yeah. I'm gonna you, you cook because I was traveling. <laughs> I was like literally got off the plane Listen, and came here. So I want to I want to hear your perspective. If you, there is a Portland real estate agent listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> just let me know because I would like to be a part of this. I would like to be on the ground floor of the Scoot experience. I wow. love Damian Lillard. I, I want to see both of them together. I hope they play one game, even as a, a preseason game. Wow. But good Lord, Scoot Henderson yeah. looks like he was blown. Unfortunately, he had a uh, shoulder injury in this one, but gotcha. just dribbling right into traffic, like finishing yeah. over guys. I mean, Kyle made the point here where this was essentially a G-League Ignite game. That I mean, it was probably, competition, he but went out there and was probably like, oh yeah, I've, I've played seen this. Fools. I've seen this. <laughs> Making yeah. the right pass, like yeah, physical that, in a that way that it. like the two other guys we mentioned aren't yet. Yeah. Not necessarily their fault, but like this guy is, I think he's yeah. going to be something. He looked nice. Um, I think what was, again, for me, some of that stuff, the finishing with touch around the basket, learning how to draw contact, on your finishes. Dame Lillard being one of the best examples of that. Very early on in his career, he was not good at drawing contact when he got all the way to the cup and earning free throws. He had to learn how to do that. I, that comes with time. But this dude setting up his driving kicks, passing early and on point, like his actual drawing two, drawing three within the paint, spraying out the shooters, that's the kind of stuff that makes me wet, Justin Barrier. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, 
With, Start to follow that. Yeah, with, no. <laughs> I made this point in the video. Go go watch it, folks. <laughs> yeah, on uh, the uh, uh, yes. The point I'm getting ready Excellent to make, but not video. the point you made, uh, <laughs> which was great. I was going to say that, like, to piggyback off of that, um, the thing about Scoot is that, like, he's not virtuosic in in the way that some of the, like, the super manipulative passers right, that we've right. got in the game. Right? Like, he's not on that level, but he's very attuned to it for a guy who grew up score first, grew, grew up playing off of the ball. Um, so I think he's ahead of the game in the way that he thinks it. So like, if you look at, if you watch him, he's very eager to figure this out. And for somebody who, this is kind of the key thing for, for me, it's just that like for, for an athlete of his caliber to be at that point of self-awareness at 19 is really unusual. And it's interesting to see him in this setting. Um, I'm going to be curious to go back and watch it with a, with a closer, keener eye. Um, he just he keeps the simple things simple. He gets nice. in the lane and he makes a simple read. He he and that you know that'll be a great foundation for him to continue to build on as he gets the I line. Wanna, as he you know I think it'll be a okay. The spot up shooting thing is a question. Sure. We'll see. But go ahead, Wes. No, I want to ask you something because again, you're somebody who's watched so much more of this guy than either me or Justin have. When you say the caliber of athlete he is, are we talking about Westbrook? Derrick Rose level detonation or maybe a smidge under that? I don't think that he has the twitch, like punchy twitch that like a Westbrook or a Rose have. I think that he kind of comes zero to 60 a little faster, but his mm. 60 is as fast as anybody Anybody's. once he gets moving. Uh, you know, like we I, I guesstimated that he has nine and a half inch hands. He might have 10 inch hands. Mm. He has a Rondo-y type like wingspan to, to hands. To hands to, thing, but he's yeah. powerful. So right. he's a cross section. I compared him to like he has sort of that I've seen some switchy, Barrett Davis yeah, in the video. Yeah, Davis a little favorites. more big booty barrier type power guard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve Francis was the one that yeah, came yeah, to mind yeah, for yeah, me because yeah. uh, I have memories of watching him at like Maryland, me like sure. how powerful and quick he was as an athlete. And could just get up off the ground so fast. Donovan Mitchell is another one, too, um, is another guy who came into the league, who grew up an off guard, who shot the ball, who wasn't a pure one. Even coming into the draft, I kept hearing people talk about him like this is a one and they were taking him by that expectation. I was just like, Sue's not a one. I was an idiot. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, but I mean, Scoot is, has a similar trajectory to how his Love career that. could go. And it, and the astuteness, I think that's a key part, man. It's thinkers, thinkers. That's that's. I think it's an underrated thing with prospects. That's what I say about Waz all the time. <laughs> Thinkers. Well, yeah. What did you think, Kyle, about all the talk when it came with Scoot versus Miller about their fit around Mello specifically? Because that seemed to be a dividing point. Like, yeah, I know. This is one of my things. Please, yeah. take it away. Um, I think Charlotte... Should I come strong? Yes, Maybe I yes. should come strong. I think Charlotte made a mistake. I think, you blew it! <laughs> I think... Mitch, if you're in the bathroom over there. I think I think, I think LaMelo and Scoot would have been an incredible fit together. A, because LaMelo's so big, yeah. you know. Scoot has to take an interest in guarding the ball. That's the okay. thing. He was very inattentive at times. He was lackadaisical at times in the G League. I kept hearing people praise his defense. I was like... He literally was like a like a predatory cat just lazing around. And if he saw something he wanted to run down, he would occasionally. But a lot of the time, it's like when you go to the zoo, you're like, move, do something. That's kind of the way Scoot was on defense. But I think that they would have been an incredible fit just because Scoot defers. And I think it would have it would have it would have put LaMelo in a good situation. Cause I think Scoot could have become the personality of that franchise. Mm. 
and they need that. They haven't had mm. that. When was the last time Charlotte had a personality, like a player that you were like, Charlotte's coming to town? <laughs> Wait, does Lamelo not have enough personality? He for does, you? but I feel like <laughs> but I, I feel I like Lamelo is that. like he's he's sort of doing his own thing within his orbit. It's not like he is injecting his personality within the team structure in the way that say you know. Steph Curry does with his selflessness, honestly. It's a lot of flash, but maybe not enough yeah, like, charisma I, I, I or whatever to, and, draws and you I, to a player. And I don't want to sort of damn him with this comparison, <laughs> but it's it's like a Trey Young type of situation where his individual brilliance is there, but he's not infusing his personality into what the team does as a concept. There's, there's what What is the Trey Young imprint on the Hawks? Well, yeah. There's been an imprint. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's the coaches. I would, I would take it a step further, too, and just say, too, that, like, the one caveat I would add is that, like, the ball moves through LaMelo a lot more than it does through Trey. That was, but, I don't think LaMelo is as capable of having a high floor as a primary as Trey is, like in a mm, playoff series. Like, got you. you know, I, just my opinion. But Yeah, I, I've never, I, I think that's been the ultimate test is can LaMelo ever become a one-on-one killer? Mm-hmm. I haven't seen proof of it, right, where he takes a guy to the rack and he puts him on his back and gets a foul or, you know, he gets to a spot, creates incredible separation, rises and fires, and it's like pure how other guys are able to do it. We've never seen any proof that he could be that one-on-one guy. It's just he's got brilliance in the pick and roll. But in the playoffs, we know that can be limited, Mm -hmm. you know, when it's just that. Uh, Steph Curry, uh, you know, you you name all the guys that are great pick and roll operators. When you try to... Um, deploy a different kind of defense to sort of stop with th- that action. They find different ways to kill you. Lamelo Ball is not proven to be the kind of guy that could do that yet. It's year what, three. What what is the zag on Lamelo that's been happening? I, like I, 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 I we, he was amazing just last year, and I feel like oh the, yeah, the, people are out on him. I was <laughs> arguing with people on Twitter. I was like, y'all are out of your minds. The, like it's the injury. I I think gave credence to whatever people already thought about him. And so if you had a negative opinion of him the injury almost like opened the floodgate to be like, ah, this scrawny guy just like isn't getting it done. I think when he had the the right players around him, when he had Gordon Hayward healthy, when Miles Bridges was actually on the team, like he he was the cerebral connector for those guys. That's what he is. Yeah, I think that is his primary role. And like, if you're saying like, well, adding Scoot may have disrupted that. Okay, I, I don't have an educated enough opinion, but like I still think he could be very, very good. I'm I'm in no I'm not trying to say I'm out on him yeah. as a player, just as the sort of franchise fulcrum, right? Um but a guy who's six seven passes like he does, shoots thirty eight percent from three on volume. This is pull-ups and spot-ups. This is this is not the kind of guy you just discount and say, oh I, I don't I don't think he's that good. That's craziness. Yeah, I, I said I think he's one of the best live dribble creators in the world, like 99th percentile. And I had people come back and they were like, well, if he's a pro basketball player, he's 99th percentile. I was like, uh, professional <laughs> players, Twitter asses. Uh, that would never happen on Twitter. Don't make me circle back. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, yeah, no, I mean, he just with a live dribble, I, I think there's some similarity here with like guys that get off the ball fast, which I, this is my favorite type of basketball. Yes, this is the best. Same. This is the type of basketball my dad grew up pushing on me and saying this is the correct way to do things. Um, the Jordan era kind of perverted it a little bit for a while there. Going after your own egg, I understand, or your own nut. Um, LaMelo, I think, would maybe work better in 
hate to say it, you know, not to ding the Warriors for screwing up by not taking him. They did. Spoiler alert. <laughs> he would work better, I think, in like a in like an elbow, you know, moving off the ball. But because he he is a thinner guy, like you were talking about in the pick and roll stuff. It's like he there were people that were criticizing him and being like, "What is this guy in a winning environment?" And I said, "That's crazy." People said the That's exact ridiculous. same stuff about Jokic and Steph. Similar players of like high feel, high creativity, finesse, not a like. Ram you in the well. I take the Jokic rams you in the basket, but similar guys. You know, I don't know. I maybe I, I feel like that's probably the most likely winning scenario for Lamelo is in a system like that. Justin, we just got breaking news: the James Wiseman max extension is not coming <laughs> this summer. Unfortunately, I'm still a believer. Like some of his classmates, I'm still a believer. I mean, <laughs> he didn't make it necessarily work in Detroit, and that might be like the lowest rung you could hold on to in the NBA <laughs> at this point. We're but... looking at Jack from the Titanic here. <laughs> <laughs> this guy this is Mufasa clawing on the... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'll say this. I think the immediate max for the, the summer for LaMelo was a bit surprising. But, sure. I mean, that's contract. Would you not really look, look down the road at the the cap getting to one two hundred million? Damn near within the very near future. Like it's just not that crazy of a deal. And he's he's kind of he's proven that he's worth that. Honestly, he's going to be a plus level NBA starter. It is what it is. You know, marketability wise, he absolutely functions in the oh, way that God, I was yes. talking about. Like you, t- all the kids here at summer league that have Lamelo jerseys on, he's very popular on that front. But on the basketball front, not to beat a dead horse here, but I, I just thought Scoot would have been a nice yeah. balance for him in that way. One of the ugliest shoes I've ever seen in basketball history, worse than the Dada spinners and all this other it's stuff. Not my favorite. It's not my favorite. And yet the kids to the family love at Puma. it. Yeah. What, father of, of a child. What is with kids in the vibrant colors? <laughs> I pick all my son's stuff, so I don't. We haven't reached that point. I really impose okay. all my taste on him, so I don't know. He's wearing blazers, like a Jordan, good dad, Jordan should. threes, you know, things like That's that. It. Charks always teased me that like. All my son's stuff was like offensive players. He's like, your son's not going to guard anybody. I was like, have you seen me? <laughs> You're damn right. He's not. No, he's not going to guard anybody. Uh, no. You I don't d- get paid for defense. Jabari Parker once said that. <laughs> <laughs> he is now, I believe, on the Bucks' summer league team. Oh, my Lord. Unbelievable. No, wow. yeah, I, I don't. I don't mind the Puma. I like, I've liked a lot of Puma stuff. I, uh, this is your lane. Why, yeah, why are you I'm, asking no, no, me? I'm not, I'm not crazy about... No, it's because you have to buy sneakers for kids. That's why. Um, me and, me you, and Justin you might terrible, soon. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Easy killer. Easy killer. Easy killer. We'll take that combo off air. Um, but yeah, no, I like the Pumas, man. They're fine. It's not something that I personally want to go out and buy for myself. But when I see them, I'm not completely repulsed by them. All right. I'm not completely repulsed. (laughs) (laughs) Endorsement. (laughs) Just do it. Um, A couple more days of Summer League here. Who are you excited to see? Are there any prospects that we should be looking out for? We saw Men Thompson against Scoot today. Did okay. I don't think he jumped off the page. Is there anyone you're like going into this event being like, I got to see that guy? Uh, I'm excited to see the Thompson twins go head to head. I mean, we saw a little bit of the that Houston game we should mention was incredible earlier. That like pass. I don't even did you did you get to get a look at that it, pass? I saw it. I saw I it. I don't even know how that pass made it over the top to, yeah. to Jabari Smith. That was a good one. I'm really enjoying watch. I like watching the year two guys. Like mm. I like watching them come to the lab and like the guys that are willing to do it. I've really enjoyed watching Keegan Murray get mm. out there and uh impose his will. He looks like a guy who got serious minutes in a, on a playoff team. Yeah. Sure, that um, wasn't Chris Murray. I can't be sure. I can't it's, be sure. It's uncanny. Like <laughs> obviously it is, but is like it Justin? When, when you see him, you're like, oh my god. 
<laughs> Twins look alike. Yeah. Uh, well, there's a guy playing in this game that I think I don't. I've had my sort of reservations about him, like what he's going to do eventually. But the Warriors picked both of their picks. I thought were very Warriorsy, uh, getting back to their identity. Meaning of like, they're not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> in recent years, that's the case. To clarify, well, just feel, guys. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Pajimski is a guy who played for Santa Clara last year, transferred from Illinois. He's a lefty. He's really smooth, really fluid. On and off the ball quickly, can pass it, really quick shooter, creative. And Trace Jackson Davis is another guy, an Indiana guy, a Dollinger boy. Um, th- those two guys are fun. I mean, there's a bunch more I, c- I can't think of off the top of my head, but just that's a few. Yeah. yeah. Was. No, I got nothing. No um, prospects off the court you no, want to discuss? No, I mean, like I said, I, I like this. I like the second-year guys, like Kyle said, but for the guys that aren't doing well. <laughs> it's like, oh, boy, this is getting nasty. <laughs> this is the, the clock might be ticking on this one. Because, yeah, generally speaking, if a guy's pretty good, that second-year guy comes in here and he kicks butt, right, um, and takes names. So, you know, I'll be looking out for that for sure. Because, again, these are guys that I've actually watched hoop before. Um, and so I have a frame of reference, and it's not just like you're being blinded by the summer league light of trash. <laughs> but tune in to ESPN, folks. This stuff is pretty fun. I know. Before we go, I feel like we should do like a not top 10 or just like kick it to someone back in the booth. <laughs> right, Who's fun. in the booth? All right. That's it for us. Uh, thank you to Kyle for joining us on set year. Thank you. Shout out to our brother, Rob Mahoney, man. Yeah. Feel better soon, Get brother. Better, Mahoney. All right. Thank you to Ben Cruz. Thank you to the millions of people who are on production here today. Uh, We'll be back next week. This is a one thing. So we'll see you then.